Hola, and welcome to Word to Your Mama. Word to Your Mama is a podcast about the life of a Latina creative, that's me, and the lives of my amazing multicultural tribe, a celebration of shared experiences navigating this dynamic world. There will be special guests, mad laughs, and absolutely no BS. Segments by the Supernatural Bear, that's my little man, he's 10 going on 40 because he's an old soul, but other than that, this podcast will be explicit. Please believe it. Now, why do I have a wide range of peeps on here? It's because I come from the music, art, and Web3 industries. Word to Your Mama comes out every Monday. This is episode 125 of WTYM. Today, we have Christabel Nsiabwadi, an audio story development and production leader, founder of My Lens Media, the lead at Sound Up Behind the Mic at Spotify, and the founder and host of The Cypher Pod. In this episode, we discuss her upbringing, her formative years, her family being from uh, Ghana, born in Scotland, raised in the UK, and how, what, what her journey going into storytelling um, brought her over to the States, and then what brought her from New York to L.A., so that I had the pleasure and honor of meeting her, so we could discuss and bond on Mama Rage, and also how the passing of her father and the memories of history, the history of storytelling, inspired her to start the Cypher podcast, which celebrates global Black creatives. And then we go into who comes in second to Ghana when it comes to the Jalof Wars and so much more. So I had the honor of attending one of um, the Sound Up events at the Spotify studios that Christabel and her team did an amazing job put together. And it was the evening of both the stage and the audience reflecting each other. And I was hopeful because I was like, look at these black and indigenous award winning producers and podcast hosts up on the stage. And then when I look around at the tables all around me, it it is black and brown creatives that are maybe in the space, maybe, uh, you know, in in a similar space, in a parallel space. And I, I left. I was like, wow, driving back home from L.A. I was like, there's there's hope. There's hope here, you know, with people like Christabel in in these leadership positions. Um, When I met her, she was, um, I guess the the, the kids were maybe six months old or younger. Who's to say? And, And she at the time, she was a senior supervising producer at NPR. And I honestly, I like for reals, for reals, don't know how I would have survived those first two years of being a magical MF warrior, a.k.a. mama without her for reals and you know when I post about the podcast the hashtag is hashtag WTYM but I think I'm gonna add a new one hashtag my tribe is dope because my tribe is dope so let's get into it (laughs) as we should as we should start off our convo that we're finally having on word to your mama with laughter because that's what we're about (laughs) I'll do one more time. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. For, the, for those who can't can't see this right now, it's amazing faces. Crystal Bell. Yes. <laughs> Why you gotta be like that? Yes. So aggressive. So aggressive. It's about muchísimas gracias. Muchísimas gracias for being here. We've been trying to do this for how long? And Ever. we're here. Ever. Forever, ever. Forever, ever? Thank you so much. Um, Let's start off. How are you doing? How have you You been? I've been good. Um, You know, um, we have people in the house right now. It is a blessing. Those people are (laughs) banging and drilling in my house because we're doing some (laughs) exciting things. We'll just leave it at that. That is a blessing because I'm able to do those things. Um, right. Um, but shout out to the contractor because he's actually awesome. Um, but in general, yeah. in life, I'm really, really good. You know, family's healthy. I, at, the, at the time of taping, um, 
right now, as we are taping, uh, my mum just returned to the UK. She was with us for a few weeks and that was fun. Oh, uh, you know, awesome. life is good. Life is good. The show, the cipher um, that I host and, and produce and have developed is going well. Life is good. That's amazing to hear. Hell yeah. We're definitely going to get into the cipher for sure. Yes, ma'am. But I wanted to kind of start off, you know, taking it back. But before we go way back, I way wanted back. to, you know, you meet somebody at a party. You meet someone's, you know, out in the streets and they ask you, what do you do? What What is your answer? What is your current answer right now? <laughs> oh, you. Damn, I wasn't ready for that question. She starts with the hard one. Um <laughs> I am. I'm an audio storytelling leader. That's what Ooh. I tell people. What? You weren't ready with that? Because that sounded like you were ready. <laughs> because that's you know. amazing. I you love know. that. <laughs> and also clown. Clown. That's what it says on my card. Yeah, you, 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 st- you stay ready. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And then if they were like, well, what does that mean? You go go into it more. But OK, so let's yeah. go back. So where were you born and raised? I was born in Scotland in the United Kingdom and raised in London in the United Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you so mad in this interview. But yeah, I was born in Scotland, raised in London in the UK, Um my family is from Ghana. I claim Ghana hard. Yeah. Um, so I call myself a British-born Ghanaian. My big sister <laughs> actually was born in Ghana. So I'm the only person in my immediate family who was born in the United Kingdom. Um, so age three, up until the age of two or three, um, I lived in Scotland. I had a hardcore Scottish accent. Do not ask me to do it. I <laughs> really? cannot do it. Not yet. I hardcore. can't imagine. To, to, to the point that to this day, uh, family, my uncles and aunties who are now in their 70s and 80s still laugh about the fact that when they say, Amma, how are you? And I say, I'm fine. And for those who are confused, <laughs> Amma is my, my, my African and my home name, the name, the first name that I knew. And I said, I'm fine. I can't even do the accent. And they would just roll. <laughs> they would just ask me that question for sports. Just because they were bored. Just to hear it. Just to hear yeah. it. So how are you doing? And an idiot me would be like, I'm fine. Like, why do you keep asking the question? <laughs> so there was that. Um, went to um, move down to London when I was three. Or so I am told because at age three, every, you know. One moment. Because, <laughs> because at age three, you know, you, you don't know what's up. You're moving around. Moved down to London. Um and yeah, that's where my growth and development was. West London at a place called Brentford. Um, and went my first school was called Green Dragon Primary. What? Are you Green a wizard? Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Some people would say I might be. I've got the skills. And, you make um, magic happen. Oh, there you go. There you go. So yeah, that 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 in the in a as short as possible time, um, that is my um beginnings. I will say that in between all of that, um, I actually went back to Ghana for a few months, I think three months. And hmm. um, as I recall, and I, I have wonderful memories of that. I say that three year olds don't remember stuff you do. And clearly moving to Ghana was very formative. Or going mm-hmm. to Ghana during that time because I remember that. Like I remember my Papa V and Papa Ga, who were my my grandfather and my great uncle. Um and I remember the house that my that my mum grew up in. I remember mm. the dust on my toes. I remember the <laughs> smells. I remember like loving oranges because they were so fresh at the time. Mm. And so I developed a love of oranges until I was pregnant with my first child and then that ended that. Um <laughs> But now we're back. Oranges and me are now friends again. Um, <laughs> I, you know, um, I spoke three languages. I spoke English. I spoke Ewe, which is my mom's language. I spoke um, mm. Fantichi. So I have all these really strong memories. And as my mom tells it, really, the reason why we went back is because I got sick. I got oh. sick. Not like sick, sick. Like something was going on with my digestive system, I think. Like and I wouldn't eat anything and couldn't hold anything down. And my grandparents are like, oh, no, 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 no. You need to go back because they were so worried that 
I wasn't going to eat and then waste mm. away that they were like, no, nah, she got to go back. English girl got to go back. And when I hear that story, I'm just like, oh, wow, life could have been really different, maybe. If that hadn't happened. Say, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So yeah. so then you you come back and you 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 become a wizard because you go to Green, Green Dragon, Dragon. <laughs> and and then you know so when do you uh, switch or what is the route do you think that started the trajectory or you went back to or however your journey was to yeah. to become a, you know audio storyteller and audio do what wizard. you do now audio wizard we're gonna roll oh, with that audio wizard. you know what you know what um it was back in in scotland my earliest memories are of hearing my my parents would play music all the time right all the time like there were country and western records my mum loved abba i remember like staring and reading like the album covers um but in particular i remember looking at this uh uh on a summer cover and I wish I could remember the name of the album but she looked like an angel she's mm. on, sitting on the moon just like you know see. just leaning on the moon in this beautiful white dress and I'm looking at this thinking she, who is this beautiful angel and then the music is playing because my dad would let me read the album the liner notes while the music was playing but there was always someone in our house there was always Someone, I think we may have even lived with with someone else. There might have been, you know, other people living in in the house with us, and they were always talking about their day, and they were always mm. talking about, you know, what it meant, how they how they how they were navigating living in this exotic place, in this foreign mm. place, and how the people were funny, and the things that the people did, and sometimes they'd lament at some of the behaviors, sometimes they'd be laughing. And so for me, I understood, I didn't realize it, but that's, that was story to me. And my dad mm. used to love reading. So I also read, like I had a, I think I had a, a Beano annual. Don't ask me why. But there was a comic book that I was obsessed with. And I remember reading it all the time. It was quite thick, had a, a red binding, red or orange binding. And it was just, it was a comic strip. And I would be looking at that. And I, again, I would have been no more than two or three, but I was a reader. So I was, I had that connection to story already. So, and you know, my parents would read me um, uh, bedtime stories or they would tell me things. So I always had story in my life, right? And it was always audio story, I'm realizing as I'm telling you this. That's right. And then I guess at some point, quite early in my life, because the TV didn't reflect what my real life looked like, right? Which was mainly black people in the house outside maybe not so much um Moira Stewart was the there were two black newsreaders when I was growing up and Moira Stewart another angel she actually inspired me she used my first inspiration to get into broadcasting she's this beautiful black woman on the tv who has this very very um not controlled but this is how she talked when she was reading the news and she had a bit of a lisp Lisp is not mm. quite the word. I can't explain. But she had something that made her stand out apart from her being the only black woman newsreader on the TV that I saw. And she would talk about the news. This is the BBC News with Maurice Stewart. Like, that's how she sounded. <laughs> I just yeah. thought she was amazing. And she's still alive. And if I ever get to interview wow. her, it would be life changing. Let's make that happen. <laughs> um, and so I think all of those things, I, 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 it gave me a window to the outside world. It gave me an opportunity to meet, to hear up information about the world and to connect with people. I just felt a very visceral connection to audio. But aside of, of all of that, I realized that the world that I lived in is not the world that I was hearing, if that made sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the TV shows weren't talking about these amazing, hilarious people that I, that I saw. That it wasn't reflecting them. Um, but if we were in the news and if we saw somebody in the news, you'd be like, and if it was the news, you'd be like, what did they do? You know the story. We've heard that before, right? Yeah. But if they were on a sitcom, it would be quite exciting until you realize that they were the topic of some ridiculous storyline. Yeah. So then began my kind of desire to 
change that or to insert myself in that or to tell mm. other stories. Because I was like, why are we hearing these stories? Because the people I know are hilarious and they are thoughtful and they're interesting. And all these other yeah. stories are kind of like, eh. <laughs> you know? Totally. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> so when, what were you doing in the UK prior to moving to the States? And what year was that? So I moved just after 9-11, 2001. And I was going back and forth. I was working for um, the marketing department of a national newspaper. I had just recently graduated from university um, and I was looking for my big break in broadcasting. I had done TV prior to university and I was desperate to get back in there. And I just couldn't do it. But a friend, um, I got this job at this a marketing department. Um, it was not what I wanted to do, but I certainly um, got an insight into media and how that works doing that job, right? Um, but then one day I, I don't know, I was just... I was online. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. Because if I didn't do it now, I didn't think I was ever going to be able to do it. Break, break into broadcasting or journalism and writing. I didn't know how else I was going to do it. So I start, I reached out to, um, I started emailing people <laughs> way back in the day. I think I might have had, oh, on my Hotmail account. I had a Hotmail what? account. Hotmail. Kids yeah, don't know me. about that. Kids don't Kids know. don't know about our Hotmail. <laughs> uh, uh, emailed on my Hotmail account. And started doing some research on the Yahoo and um, and um, I came across somebody, a professor at Long Island University. And I just emailed him on the fly. I was like, I really want to do this. I want to break into it. I would like to go to the US as well. Um, the guy that I was dating at the time um, was going to go to the US. And I was just like, mm, I want to do that. And shout out to my sister because I nearly didn't do it, but she said, if you don't try this thing out, try and figure mm -hmm. out what this broadcasting thing is. Like, what have you got to lose? Was my yeah. big sister who said, just try it out. So I said, okay. And I tried. And Professor Ralph Engelman, wherever you are, thank you. He responded. And he nice. said, I have a friend who works at a radio station. And you might be able to volunteer with him. And I said, I. So I emailed <laughs> So then he contacted his friend and his friend responded to him. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take a sabbatical, a three-month sabbatical, and I'm going to go to New York. So I did that, which is very unlike, was very unlike me. Not, like, not unlike me now, but it was then. I, I wasn't a huge risk taker in that sense. And it felt like a huge, huge risk. Did it. When I got to New York, and remember, this is, just after 9-11. So there's still a huge crater downtown. Mm. My, my parents were petrified. My dad, who was usually a cool cat about these things, when I told him that I was going, his voice went up like three octaves. Ooh. And he was just like, wait, what? And I said, I'm going to be fine. And he's like, for real? But he didn't stop me. Um, so I go to the radio station. WBAI, which no longer exists, is part of the Pacifica Network mm. um, on Wall Street. So again, that big crater right there was right, right there. there. Mm. And I walked in and I said, and I had my email because, you know, I like to keep my receipts. Anyone who knows me knows I like to keep my receipts. <laughs> so I did. And I walked in and I said, hey, you, you said that I, I, there'd be a volunteer position. I'm here. And you said, come on this day. So I booked my ticket and I'm here. This man looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, uh, I don't. And I said, yes, you do. <laughs> and then he found me. He found me. I mean, I, I say like I was cool, calm and collected. My heart was in my mouth and I was on the verge of tears because I was like, please, this is my only break. Um, and uh, that gentleman was Don Rojas, formula, former general manager of WBAI. Um, and I said I wanted to work in news. So he sent me to the news department. Uh, there was no space at that inn. <laughs> but then across the way, there was a team of young reporters from a collective called Free Speech Radio News. 
And I opened the door and I saw a young lady called Deepa Fernandez, who, if you listen to the news, you'll know her now. And she looked at me. I looked at her and she kind of went. <laughs> and I was like, OK, well, I'm here. And we've been best friends ever since. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And then you were going back and forth and then you made the big move. Yeah, I was going back and forth and volunteering. So I was doing all this stuff for free because once the money exchanges hands, you're creating problems for yourselves. I think you understand what I mean. Um, So I was volunteering there, but Free Speech Radio News was a global news collective. So I was able to build my chops uh, with Free Speech Radio News. I should also add that the, the timing of it was significant because I was there when the whole world was protesting against the invasion of Iraq. And the, mm. and the UK and the US hadn't quite decided if they were going to go in. And so I was out on the streets interviewing people about how they felt. And I was doing news reports on the hour, every hour. So I was learning how to report on the fly. Um, they quickly saw that I had a, a gift for story for identifying the, the prescient thing, the thing that people wanted to hear about. And I was able to develop that. And so I did that for a few months. And then when I was able to, they... I was then brought over um, to develop um, a news a, 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 a news department news department essentially, um, but yeah, it took a few years, and then I was able to go back again um, when obviously it was legal when I was legally able to do so, um, <laughs> and so I did that, and I worked with WBAI, for, not WBAI with, with Free Speech Radio News, I should say, um, and then. I was offered a job. I was, I was asked, I'm going to scroll back because this is not true. In between <laughs> that, I started, I started doing local TV news, like cable TV news. Someone said oh. she likes to do news. And it was like, but it was like in the middle of the night, I had to go and I was tired. That made me read all these <laughs> scripts. It really isn't, doesn't sound as, it's not as sexy as it sounds. Um, and then um, someone asked me to apply for a job at Air America Radio. As a producer with Air America Radio. And I did. And I got it. And I worked with Laura Flanders for nice. a few years. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's amazing because, you know, because of the, the risks that you, you took. And at the time you weren't a risk taker. You know, we were blessed with you to be in New York. And then huh. eventually L.A. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, because I do. I remember it was like yesterday when I met you, how we met. Do you yes. remember how we met? Yes. It was. <laughs> it was a oh, spring day. <laughs> yes. It was a spring day. Well, they was LA, so who knows? It could have been October or December. I don't know. Who's I'm trying to, to figure out the math. I forget how old the kids were. Nevertheless, it was a spring day. And uh, we were in a park. Mm-hmm. And we were both sitting down. Mm-hmm. And our kids, my eldest... Your bear. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if they were playing with each other or not. I don't know because I was kind of out of my mind with like new mom delirium. <laughs> right. And all of you were there. All three of you were there. Rare sighting. Rare fucking you, sighting. Let me you tell the, you. You and the two bears were there. And I was looking at him like, I recognize that face. Let me not be that person. And then I saw... Then I saw the woman next to him being smiling like you're smiling now. And I went, we just, we had like a psychic connection. Like, what's up, sis? <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Totally. And then we kind of crept up toward each other. And then we started talking and we were like, oh my God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was like coming home, right? It was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic because we were new moms. They were, they were like, maybe six, maybe six months, maybe barely on solid foods, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any like mama friends, let okay. alone any mama friends in the area that I that I connected to. I tried with this mm-hmm. mama group and we had nothing in common. And then here <laughs> you are. And I was just like, we like, it was this instant connection. And then remember we started going to the hip, to the hip hop yeah. classes, sweating it out. There was yep. so much fun. I was like, this is my girl. Like, yes. amazing. The, and and our kids are they the same day or one day apart? What they're the same no, month? I th- they're, no, no, they're no, no. A month apart. No, they're a month. They're a month, month apart. apart. They're a month apart. Month apart. But they're like the same age. So it was it was a gift. You are a gift because oh. it was dark times. You know that first year. I think of it like 
like I survived. Survived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, you know, people don't tell That's a you. Word. How, the, people don't tell you that that first year for some, especially for those of us magical MF warriors, aka mamas that are so independent, when you be those that first six months to a year, it's hard. It's extra mm-hmm. hard on us because so much is taken away. So to be to meet you and connect on so many different levels, you saved me. Like Oh my gosh, sis. saved. Saved. Wow. I remember yeah. thank you so much. I feel the same way. I remember us talking about rage. I remember us talking <laughs> yes. about like do you know what I mean yes. like the quiet do you remember like the the rage that we didn't feel like we could express? Because yes. as a mother, it's all supposed to be like, well, isn't the baby gorgeous? Yes, the baby <laughs> is gorgeous. Like both things can coexist. They both can be true. At the same time. At the same time. And we were just like, I'm so rageful right now. <laughs> and every time I try to explain what's happening, nobody understands me. But you do. I didn't even have to say I'm mad. You were like, got you. Yeah, it, same. Like, exactly. I had been thinking the same exact shit, right? Uh-huh. And 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 no one ever understood. So when you, when, I don't know who brought it up first. It was just like, yeah, and it was it <laughs> feeling was just like, robbed. Yeah, yes, and it was like we didn't just like it didn't just come out. It wasn't an explosion of you feel rage. It was just like, so, uh, how you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm fine. Um, you know, and you know, and some of us were very forthright, right? But not in this. We're just like, so, uh, so... I don't know. <laughs> Rage. Rage? Am I right? <laughs> the octaves. Rage? Yeah, like, Am I right on the rage? Like all the, all the dogs are like, what? Yes, rage? yes. So the rage is yeah, real. Like, the mama ooh. rage is real. And no one still talks about it. Everybody no still, still makes it look pretty. And I'm just like, when you become a mother no matter whether you birth that person or or by other means see because of the way that society expects you to be in -hmm. terms of nurture and even nurturing nurturing is messy in of itself you can be nurturing and you are nurturing but it requires giving and in 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 can't speak and in giving that's energy that you have to find and you've never had to give that energy to so many people and then put yourself last. Like it's a muscle. You have to, you have to exercise it and train. And you're never gonna mm-hmm. get it right. Um, and you have to come to terms with it because the life that you had before is dead. It, I don't care what anyone dead. says, it's dead, dead. and gone. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make peace with what this new life is and what that possibility could be. And if you've been told for all of your life that your life is supposed to go a certain way or you're supposed to do a certain thing. And then you said, nah, I have other hopes and dreams for myself. To then do that, you, you're literally starting again. So rage. You got rage. You got rage. You got rage because there's, we don't have resources in place, let alone these conversations of uh-uh. it's okay to feel like this. Uh-huh. It's okay to have this and, rage. It's okay to feel stuck and depressed. Yes. And yes. because you, you said it, Christabel, we have to expend extra energy on another level to be a mom, a caregiver, and however you became, got to that place. But at the same time, because we're in that space, our bandwidth is depleted. So yeah. we're working with scraps, scraps. scraps. And you said that we met at six months. So, uh, homie, we were barely walking. But you want me barely. to be like, I'm going to chase after this, you know, six months little life flight risk. And also feed them. <laughs> and then be like, it's okay, baby. It's fine. Get here. No, I'm tired. I'm tired of running after you. Can rage. I have a nap, please? It's rage. That's, it's rage. It's rage. And, and so this is for the mamas out there, the new mamas, the old mamas, wherever you're at in your mama journey. It's okay. You're not, okay. you're not a bad person. You're not a bad You're human. And you are doing great. Like, please believe me when I say you are doing great. And everything that you're feeling is, it makes complete sense. It's just a case valid. of obviously, yeah, valid. 
you, we don't want you to hurt anyone. Don't get me wrong. No. And that's the word. That's the word saying. Caveat. But if you are mad, <laughs> if you are mad and you are beautiful, it's valid. It's completely valid because you don't know what you're doing. And here's the other thing. You don't know what you're doing, but everyone else is asking you questions. They want you to solve it. The, the six-month baby that's running around is constantly asking you to solve their problems. Your partner, bless them. No matter who they are, it's just like, you okay? Or what can I do for you? Or I need this. I'm tired, man. Can I have tired. a 10-month nap? Can I have a 10-month nap? Exactly. Exactly. So, yes, we were there for each other. We, we have been through the struggle. I remember the conversations, going to the hip-hop classes, talking about like, yeah, I'm a mom and all, but like, I'm not stopping my dreams. I'm not Correct. I'm not quitting on what I need to do because we want to be the best uh-huh. that we can. We want to show by example. Uh-huh. You know, you, at the at the time you just had the one and, and, and it was a daughter. You want to show her by example. My son, I want to show him by example, you know, support the ladies in your life, support the uh-huh. women in your life, because if you sees me doing me and being happy, then I'm ready to give him the most. Exactly. <laughs> the rage isn't there and I'm ready to provide at, you know, at another, at a top level, you know? Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. so thank you so much for your journey to be here because I mean, we might not talk for a year. We might not talk for a couple of months, but when we get back, that's how you know it's true friendship, oh, true man, love, yeah. true familia, because it's like, like no time has passed, like uh-huh. no time has passed. So let's get into... You've been doing a lot of different things, the radio scene, and then and then now podcasting. Yeah. Tell the folks about you do a lot of different things, but tell the folks about your baby, Cipher. The Cipher, the Cipher podcast. The Cipher. Do you want to support original content that supports diverse voices? Why not support Word to Your Mama? You're listening to it right now. Become a patron. Head over to patreon.com slash WTYM. There are four patron levels to choose from, including Good Looking Out, I'm Down, Hell Yeah, and Please Believe It. Benefits include patron shoutouts, exclusive patron-only content, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash WTYM to take your support to the next level. Gracias. Many of us have heard of the devastating passing of Hurricane Fiona through Puerto Rico, but not many of us know of ways, or better yet, trustworthy ways to help and contribute to those in need. Fiona a Través de los Ojos de los Niños is an NFT project featuring art made by children of the nonprofit school Flor de Loto in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Through their drawings, they've expressed their feelings and fears which they went through the hurricane. You can help these children, their school, families, and communities by minting one of their NFTs at helppr.xyz. You can also help by sending crypto directly to their wallet listed on the website or do a donation through PayPal. The links can be found in the description. And to learn more about this initiative and how you can help, please visit helppr.xyz or via Twitter at helpprflm. The Cypher Podcast. The Cypher Podcast. Um, you know, I'll tell you what it's about and I'll tell you how it was created. Because um, right now, as we, as you and I are talking, I'm releasing some some rewinds, right? So mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm re-releasing some earlier episodes. And it's really interesting listening to those because at the time when I was, when I was um, uh, producing those shows, it was just me. I was doing it by myself, but I really felt compelled to do it because... I started doing it in the pandemic, but I'd been thinking about doing that for years beforehand. And again, that whole um, uh, risk averseness was kicking us. She's like, and I'm a, a radio producer, so it has to be like so before See. I release it. Because if it sounds like this, people aren't going to think <laughs> I know how I'm, what I'm doing. I'm, you know, all of that. Um, but my father uh, passed away um, in early 2020, just before the lockdown, and he lived in the UK. And I really, going back to story, I really wanted to, I really had this moment of like, like lying in my bed, depressed about my dad not being around and just mm. wanting him, right? Um, being like, how do I honor him? 
And I found an old tape. I found not an old tape. Um, mini disc player. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Girl, I found <laughs> a mini disc and I got my husband to clean the mini disc player because I forgot to take the batteries out and I thought I've destroyed it. I'm going to have to find order a new mini disc. My husband's an engineer. He likes fixing stuff. Bless him. It worked. And I played this tape of me interviewing dad about um, his life in the UK. Mm. And I was missing his voice and I heard his voice. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to tell this story. I don't know how to tell it. But I took the tape out, took the batteries out because I didn't know when I was going to play it again. I didn't want to go through the whole thing. (laughs) And um, I was like, I want to honor him. How do I honor him? But also honor those people who have whose stories we don't get to hear you know Mm -hmm. like I said earlier in in the conversation I'm surrounded by all of these storytellers and all of these all of this life and you know the media that that is meant to serve everybody is not telling these stories so how do I get to do that as somebody who worked in the media who worked in the radio in the radio (laughs) who worked in radio (laughs) and has all of this experience and was well respected, was and is well respected as a showrunner, as a show editor, as someone who can create compelling stories. How do I start to do that? And the only way I knew how was just to talk about it. And I literally was in in bed, like face slack with tears. I go, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try this podcast. And I was developing a podcast prior to that and I was exhausted. So there was no reason for me to do that because I'm doing <laughs> this stuff for free and I don't need any more work because... Kids, pandemic, right. all of that. Right. But I picked up the mic and I called somebody um, who I knew um, from back in the day, um, Michael Olatuja, um, who's a musician, incredible musician. And I explained to him what I wanted to do. And he said, yes, I'd be happy to do it. And so that was how the cipher, which is really about celebrating those superheroes around Africa and the pandemic, a.k.a. global black creatives, Mm-hmm. Um, celebrating those people who are changing narratives about these global black cultures. And so they're counteracting the the false narratives and the problematic narratives that we hear about what it means to be black in this world. And also I wanted to speak to people who are multicultural, right? Mm-hmm. People who are like me, who, you know, have roots in one place, but were born somewhere else and how those cultures in us We've created mm-hmm. something new, not new cultures, just again, these new narratives, because these narratives are not being told either, because it's either the narrative of um, a person who has just arrived, which is absolutely valid, right? Same. But we are, we are the children of people who, we, we were born all over the world, right? And our experiences are the bridge, right? And so our wisdom and our experience really gets to tell the world something and helps people kind of understand i think um yeah our, our cultures our ancient cultures are the cultures that our parents were born and raised in and we may not have been um but also we get to see ourselves because you know we live in the west we were born in the west we relate to it but not quite because you know our foods are different the way we 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 think about the world is more global in a lot of ways and if it's not global it it can feel divided um and I, and I know growing up that when you come from two worlds, you can be accused of being lost when you can mm. feel that. We're always told we're lost. But are we really? Is it that we're lost or is it a remix? It's not that we're lost. Just remixing remix something. It's a remix. It's a right? remix. You can, you can tell that I love music, right? And, you know, and so we're often disempowered and our experience is often undervalued. And I'm saying don't undervalue that because that's actually your superpower. And people will say, don't play um, the identity politics. We're not playing identity politics. But for me, I say to people, actually, my identity is my superpower because I can understand you. I can understand you and I can understand you. And I I understand that shorthand. That's a superpower. It doesn't mean I agree with you. It just means I understand what you're saying. (laughs) But I have, but I have, my cousin, my cousin described like my perspective on things is like, he's like, you're like the you're like um, the guys in the Matrix. You just see it's like that, and you can like connect the Beyond. dots, and you know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely me. So I wanted to celebrate 
those folks who are like yes. me, who were once told that they were lost, but are not lost. We, we see the connections and we see the bridges. I love that. The bridges. That's what we are, because especially and we understand each other. And I think our missions align for why we're doing this. And and we come from a generation that we're not too far from removed, you know, from from our, our, our parents, our grandparents coming from uh, like how you say in Spanish, tierra natal, like your native land and how storytelling is at the core of it takes a village and that's how history goes down the generations, right? Uh-huh. And, and and there's a thing where we say, and we I think as first gen kids, yes, we all feel it. It's ne- from neither from here nor there, right? Yes, hence that lost. Either, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So they think we're lost, but I love how you ref- you have reframed the narrative that we're the bridges because yo, uh-huh. I can go boom, 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 boom. And uh-huh. I, I, I can, I understand it. I can uh-huh. uh, translate it. Uh-huh. I can, you know, distill it. And that uh-huh. is a superpower. So I'm super excited that, you know, you're, you, you started this in the pandemic. I started this in the pandemic, but I think we might be similar where, you know, we were just trying to survive. Now we're year three and now uh-huh. it's like full blown, full steam ahead yes. on this because the, 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 the mission is bigger than us. Right? Yes. And and it's funny because I was scared of the mission because when I first talked about it with my, my friend in the UK, I was like, oh, I want it to be people from the UK. I want it to be black folks in the UK. But I don't live in the UK anymore. And again, my, my, my experience is global. And, you know, like Same. I lived in the Caribbean for one year. Right. This and, and studying in the Caribbean for one year was a thing that kind of like propelled me with this idea of being diasporic and celebrating the diaspora. And connecting the dots and realizing that we are more similar than we are different, right? As like people around the world and understanding yeah. that just coming from that place of love is actually far more powerful than, than the other way, right? And so when I got back, I was like, well, what should it be? And then I kind of slipped into, I think we all do that, right? I slipped into my profession of it, which is mm-hmm. I want to celebrate creators, but that feels really esoteric. So maybe I should ground it in the practical of well, how can I help people? Because I'm often approached by people who want to tell stories. So how can I give something back, right? How, yeah. can, I, um, how can I share the information that I've learned about how to tell an audio story? So I did that. So for a minute, the cipher was about um, giving podcasting tips while hearing from these great creators. But, and it's funny, even as I'm saying it to you, I'm just like, really what that meant was, I was too scared of acknowledging the true value of the message that I was sending. I didn't have to do all, I didn't have to do the most. I was doing the most because I didn't see the value of the core thing that I said I was celebrating, which is being that bridge and those stories. And so as time has gone on, I've, I've gone back to the core of it, which is we're celebrating creators who are redefining narratives. Not just yes. by existing, which is enough, right? But not just by existing because there are so few people there. But we are really, we're not interrogating because it's a very like laid back and, and, and personal conversation. But I actually will use the word interrogating, but not in the way that we will think about it. We're mm. interrogating the why and we're asking how they did that. That's the way in which we get to empower creators out there who want to do something because we say, yeah. yeah, that felt like you. They were broke. They didn't know how mm. to ask for help, but they did. Yes. You know, and so what's yeah. happened is that I, the show now leans on this concept of daring to dream. Because mm. again, as children of immigrants, we weren't afforded that. So yeah. my whole thing is dare to dream. What's your dream? How do you make that happen? And it's the how to, how you make that happen part, right? That matters because you can dream it and we, everyone has a dream. And you should have that dream, right? But what I give you in the podcast and, you know, in the ways in which we help with our, with our how-tos, because we still like, we share with each guest, we ask people to share um, a tip, a creative tip, a practical tip about how you can make that dream happen, right? So we're trying to inspire people into action as well. Mm. And I, for a while, I was uncomfortable with that because I was like, well, should it just be a how-to show? No, it doesn't have to be that. We're amplifying people who are doing it but we're also showing you the steps by, ah, 
Hold on one second. Okay. But we're also inspiring you to do that by showing you the steps. Yes. I love that because you are providing a platform for diverse stories uh-huh. that maybe have a similar through line, but everyone is so specific. And that's the same thing here for Word to Your Mama. It's the universal and the specific, right? Yes. No one's story is the same, but because there's similarities in, in, in certain struggles, especially being of color, especially being global and, and stuff like that, I, I really appreciate that. So now, I appreciate that. Yes. Christabel. Yes. Let's get into the questions and comments from the audience, and then we'll get into the not-so-rapid-fire questions, you a.k.a. Questions slowest the, questions. Wait, wait, wait. You have questions from the audience? Goddamn. All right, go. Yes, I have I have two. Okay. Let's start with the first one. Yes. What's the, what's the future look like for podcasters in the diaspora? And that is by Fanchin Cox, founder of... <laughs> True, true Julo, if I'm messing it up, let me know, media and producer and host of Sister Brunch Podcast. Hey, I know uh, Fanchin. <laughs> I developed the podcast for her. <laughs> um, what is the future of, um, of uh, independent podcasters and diverse podcasters? Was that the question? What what is the future of podcasts uh, for? What is the future? What does the future look like for podcasters in the diaspora? Oh, gosh. Well, it depends on what market you're talking about, but I don't want to get too deep in there. What what I can tell you and what I truly believe is that uh, because podcasting is changing so much, right? I think especially during the during the pandemic, people were like, oh, how can I get my big contract, right? If I do this and I have X amount of listeners, then a Spotify or an Apple or whoever will will notice me and then I can <laughs> I can be an exclusive. Uh-uh. No, no. Right. It wasn't really true. It wasn't true then. But it's it's even less true now just because um, a lot of these um, streamers are writing the ship in a lot of ways, right? They're saying, mm. okay, well, it, it expanded a lot. And so what does it look like now? It feels difficult right now. Um, and it can feel frustrating because it fe- in a lot of ways it feels like it's you know, business as usual in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. How, mm. how do you, if you're accused of your content being niche, for example, all right? Like people go, oh gosh, well then, so now I have to, how am I going to get those downloads? But I would argue that having niche content actually serves you because the whole point of growing a community and listeners is to be focused. And so what I tell people, and I, I will say this now, is the future, I think, I believe the future is bright. I say mm-hmm. for independent creators um, and for people with diverse viewpoints, serve your communities and look at growing those communities. Um, I think you should look at using things like looking, using apps that will help you grow your communities. Um, I was about to say when I stumbled, because I was about to say when I was like, maybe free advertising, we won't do that. But think about those things that kind of integrate your podcast, your audio with newsletters so you can collect that community and figure out how you can serve them. You know, I'm doing it with the cipher now. I'm playing around with a few things and I'm seeing that as soon as I like really lean into my messaging mm-hmm. and really look at ways to um, serve that audience, not just on social and meet people where they are. Right. So like meet your listeners where they are. So like if your listeners and you're finding that your listeners are on social media, they're taking their small bites, give them something there and then keep on telling them we've got some more meat for you in this, in your main, on your, at your main website. So I say niche is actually good you should take that to um use that to your advantage it makes you nimble um mm-hmm. but you have to double down on it right i think that a lot of the time people have not realized that podcasting is a lot of work a lot of work a lot of work and so we're being asked now to create the show and then market the show it's a business so treat it as such and when you do that, people will come to you. It's not going to happen straight away, but it's not going to take 10 years. So really yeah. focus on what that audience is. Double down on your niche because that's your community. They're not just your right. audience. They're not just ears. No. They're people who are coming to you who want to hear about your wisdom or what it is that you have to say. So do that. And I think that the future is bright. And I think that there are opportunities for sponsorship, believe it or not. I believe that there are sponsorship. I think that there are opportunities out there 
just make sure that you're aligning yourself with brands or with companies that really understand your mission. I think there is a real opportunity for us to do that. Yes. And studies show audience of color, podcasts who have hosts of color, their audience, their numbers might be lower, but the engagement is higher. Higher. The engagement is higher. higher. And don't forget, do not forget, right? The companies that may not be taking the content, so to speak, they also understand the the value of these dollars. They understand Mm -hmm. that they don't have access to the audience that you have. So focus on building that audience and then you can go out to them. And and also don't underestimate, even if if your numbers are low, if people understand that your message is strong and that you're building that audience, they're also going to come to you too. Exactly. And they'll see it on, on, you know, on returns on their investment when they give you a chance. And you can and like you said, always have receipts and be like, oh, look, how many people, you know, mm-hmm. my numbers might be lower, but what's the ROI on on the bigger podcast? Do they come back? No. So, where so are they? keep that in mind. And also, exactly. And also, where are they? Like I've had guests from Trinidad, from all over Africa, from the UK, from the US. Right. My listeners come from all over there. There are, we live in a global world. There are companies who are looking like how do you, how do they access people in in the Caribbean right now? If you if you looked at it, then they you'd think that people in Trinidad don't listen to podcasts. It's not true. Mm. They do, but if you don't spend the time to find out who those people are and to build a community there, how are you going to know? And businesses exactly. are looking for that because they're looking to you know expand their audiences worldwide. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They want to, they, that you need to know for yourself, but also to provide the numbers to companies to be like, I know my audience, they're this, 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 they skew this age, blah, 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 blah. They, you know, the, the medium income is this, da, 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 da. They're hardcore, blah, 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 blah. So yes. Second question, who comes in second place to Ghana when it comes to Jalaf? Well, I knew it was going to be. That's why I started laughing. And also, correct. <laughs> the framing was excellent. Who comes in second place? <laughs> and so this question is from myself and my relative, Naisha, my co-host of relatives, because she had her African friends who are from Senegal and somewhere else. And we had a clip. She recorded them. And we played it on a, on a previous episode of The Relatives. And they were saying, like, who was coming second? And there was someone from... I think Nigeria or Ghana saying that they didn't think that theirs was top notch. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. And I was like, I'm going to no. ask, we're going to ask Christabel if we ever get her on here. And today is the day. Does anyone Amazing. come close? And like, here's the thing. <laughs> Ghana and Nigeria often fight for top spot. <laughs> so because I'm a nice person, I'm going to say Nigeria. Now, I believe, and I want to check this, someone wrote a piece because they wanted to cause more trouble. They chose violence <laughs> over peace. They, they were like, yeah, but jollof rice come, originated from, I think it was Senegal. And um, I was just like, but why would you do that? Who cares? <laughs> jollof rice could have been created in bloody Spain for all I care. The point is, whose is the best? Violence is the best. So... Let me just check my facts before people come for me saying, you don't even know where jollof rice was. One moment, please. Hold on. Jollof rice. <laughs> I love that. And the reason, the only reason why I know the the goodness uh-huh. of, of jollof rice is because I had it at your baby shower. What? And I was like, who, what, what is this? <laughs> and it's I was called like, this is heaven. amazing. I was like, this is amazing. Uh-huh. It was so I was right. Senegalese. Someone had the nerve to talk about well, it was created in Senegal. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know what? You know what I say? I say, thank you, Senegal. Let me take that back because, you know, <laughs> my parents raised me right. Thank you, Senegal, for creating it. We merely perfected it. Ooh! You're welcome. That's Come a quote. Me. That's a bar. Come for me. Come for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I'm going to post this snippet and it's going to, we're going to see. Add, we're going to see. Al- I will also add, because I found out that I am 14% Nigerian. Oh. Which, which I have Nigerian homies. When I tell you, they laughed and they said, I told you, you're Nigerian. <laughs> I feel on a bound. I can't tell you which part of Nigeria. I don't know. My grandparents are not Nigerian. So, you know, <laughs> let's just call it migration. Um. <laughs> I'm going to say Nigeria also for that reason. I will say you come second. Well done. <laughs> You're welcome. Kudos. Kudos to you. <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Okay, Christabel, let's get into the not so rapid fire questions, the AKA slow as hell questions. Are you ready? Uh, sure. Three words to describe yourself. You're right. Slow as hell question. Um, <laughs> They're really, I mean, they're, all right, three words to describe myself. Um, empathetic. Mm. Um, creative. I feel like that's an obvious one, but I feel like I have to say that. And um, foolish. <laughs> Okay, okay. Okay, second question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh. Um What's the worst that could happen? Wow, uh, yes. Yes. That's how I got here. What's, what's the, the worst, worst that could happen? happen? They can only say no. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Okay, next one. One of my favorites to ask. What is the go-to song to get you hyped? It could be multiple. It could be, you can give me two if you need, because I know we all, especially those of us who love music, there could be multiples for different occasions. Well, you know, that's true. But I'm also thinking about the one that just hit me upside my head. I was like, wait, what? And you know, and also I have, I also have kids, so that's going to skew it. So, like, you're going to, like, my cool ratio is going to go all the way down. Uh, <laughs> never. Never. Oh, always. <laughs> um, 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 this one is slow as hell. Gosh. <laughs> I cannot think. This is terrible. And, you know, as soon as this interview is done, I'm going to be like, oh, it was this yeah, one. Totally. Pirates. 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 Or could, maybe if you can't think of one that you use now, what is one that you used maybe back in the days when you made that move to New York? What was like maybe something that was reminds you of that time that's your hype song because it reminds you oh, of that time? Oh, it was, it was, it was, um, it was, and it was for several years. Oh, now, okay, now I'm going to give you a whole list of songs. So <laughs> it was Get By by Talib. Quilly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was um, Magic by D Influence. Okay. It uh, was Get Involved by, you know who that was by. Um, <laughs> and I'm moving up the years now. And so now my eldest has discovered old school, oh. a.k.a. Our, our era, yes. <laughs> and I just like, well, okay. I have a whole list. Well, wait, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, oh, Joanna, the Afrobeats uh, jam. Joanna. Uh, uh. <laughs> Joanna. I, I love that song so much. I will Definitely. add one of one or two of those songs to our Word to Your Mama guest hype song playlist that we have on Spotify and it's varied and we'll have it the you know the link in the show notes so they can hear past guest favorites and it's it's just a it's a jam it's a bop it'll get you hyped I mean we have everything all genres of music because I have you know I'm gonna send you some more though because I'm like that doesn't represent me properly but still yes enjoy it of course this will be edited so so when 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 I you know do the intro part I'll mention what which whatever song that you send. Um, and then the final question. Yes. Ma'am. What will be your legacy? Oh. Wow. 
Um, my <laughs> legacy, <laughs> apart from foolish men and and reopening the Jalof wars. Um, <laughs> uh, my legacy will be will be inspiring people to dare to make it, to build it, and to dream. Yeah, that's what it will be, and to tell it, to tell it. Yes, I love that. I love that. Christabel, muchísimas yes, gracias for, for being here, for being, you know, my family and for always supporting. Um, you know, you're very inspiring to see huh. how you move through this world as a as a fellow magical MF warrior. And, dragon. You, know, we, you called me a dragon, by the way, just so we clear. <laughs> you're a no, wizard. Ah, wizard. You're wizard. a wizard from Dragon School, from Dragon School. Um but you know, thank you so much for being here, and and we. This is a long time coming, and yeah, this won't really be. This it might be the first, but it's not. It won't be the last. Nope. And I'm excited to continue to build in this realm with you because we have a lot of people that we have to put on and share these yep. stories, and it's just it's just the beginning. It's just it the is beginning. just the beginning. Please have me back because I'm really sad it's over, but that's okay. <laughs> I understand. Um, but no, absolutely. We, we got we're, a lot of work to do. We're going to have you back because we, we didn't get a chance. Uh, we could talk for hours, but we didn't get a chance to talk about the moans and the things. And so we'll we'll have another conversation for that. But um, let the people know where they can find you, what's coming up and all that good stuff. All right. Goodness. All right. So you can find the Cypher podcast at the Cypher, spelled C-I-P-H-E-R pod dot com. Um, you can find me at Ms. Amma, M-S-A-M-A, on the Twitters, if that's what you use. Um, <laughs> if you don't, I am also on IG, and my name is long, Christabel in Siabwadi. So look at the show notes. Maybe it'll be there. Um, it will be. And on the social medias, the show is the underscore cipher underscore pod on all platforms so go find us our new well season three has started we wanted to celebrate international women's month so that's what we're doing right now we have new episodes on april the 14th season three continues then so go check it out perfect perfect muchisima gracias much love much love let's let's continue these uh jollof uh wars (laughs) let's not nigeria i was joking senegal i love you pandora I did Pandora. I took a good game. I shut it down. I'm joking. <laughs> and now introducing the supernatural bear corner. Supernatural bear. Hello, everyone. It is I, the supernatural bear. And today on the supernatural bear corner, um, I'm just going to say something quickly. I remember it. I remember it very well. I remember the park in which Miss Christabel and my mother say hi, mother. Hello. In the editing zone. Um, that where they met. I remember where they met. And it had turtles. I love turtles. It, the park had turtles. It had a playground. It had a pond, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pot upon. That's where turtles live. Mm-hmm. Turtles and tortoises. Turtles in sea, tortoises on land. That's the difference. So the tortoise. Uh, tortoises and then. Well, they yeah, I guess they live in land, but they chill in the pond. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, t- turtle tortoise hybrid. That's what we're calling them for now. And it was a nice place. It was a genuinely nice place. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean like I didn't I didn't have anything really planned. So yes. Also, if you didn't already know and you're just tuning in, you know, for the first time, thank you viewer for coming. We have plenty of more very high quality episodes and we also have a Patreon which you can go join in the show notes the show notes every donation counts and it helps us keep the lights on it really does highlight anyway this has been the supernatural bear do should we do
There you have it, folks. That's episode 125 of Word to Your Mama with Christabel and Sia Body. Yes, she's dope. We had a good time, as you could tell by the laughs. She's great, you know, so you have to surround yourself with quality people like that, that are friends, that are turned into family, that no matter how much time has passed, you get together and it's like no time has passed. She's quality. She cracks me up. And so she did send me a, a long list of songs that finally came to her, as as she mentioned. So uh, I'll name a few. Some are Moni in the Middle, Moni Love. Uh, Last Last by Burna Boy, Be All Right by Kendrick, um, The One For Me, Joe, Days Like This, Sean, It's Coffrey, and Woman by Neo featuring Liana La Havanas. Um, yeah, so there it is. And then you know how to support all the different ways to support you can uh, leave, you know, stars, a review, uh, buy something from the store. You can become a patron. You can buy us a whiskey, be us, buy us a, I was going to say buy us a chocolate, buy us a coffee. And uh, some free ways to, those are, so, you know, there's a couple of free ways tossed up in there. You can buy something from the store. Did I say that already? I probably did. And then also you can Tell your folks, tell your peeps, tell your friends. If you have any feedback that you want to give us directly, any suggestions, any questions, all at wordtoyourmama.com. And as always, we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritzy P. Intro Beat, produced by Nico Beats. If you want to know more, uh, you want to email us, you want to get the media kit, go head over to wordtoyourmama.com. Word to Your Mama is now part of the Latina Podcasters Network. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by RitzBarrowWinkle.com.